guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode, of course, of the Arsenio Buck Show. And today, oh, yeah, man, we're back into some Stephen Covey. This could be, I think, episode number seven, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> but today is about the emotion of desire. See, I've been reading this book a lot, and there's a lot of quotes that's going to hit you today. See, some people call desire greed. Now, Rich Dad said, but I prefer desire. Why? He said, it's perfectly normal to desire something better, prettier, more fun, or exciting. Now, if you think about it, guys, desire is everything. Desire is everywhere. You know, you know what I desire? What, about four years ago? You guys heard my podcast a couple days ago, right? Yeah, you guys heard me talking about, oh, you know, well, this is about, um, uh, me, you know, overcoming the things, live, you know, 2015 and this and that. During that time, I really envisioned myself living in a beautiful condominium here in Bangkok. A lot of people would say, aren't you in Bangkok? No, I was on the outskirts. See, it would take probably about 25, 30 minutes to commute inside Bangkok with no traffic. With traffic, it could take one hour, probably an hour and a half. And so that was always it, it, it. But I've always wanted to be around hungry people. I wanted to be around like foreigners or like Thai people that actually spoke English and they were more open minded. That's what I wanted to do. I had that itch. I had that desire to meet these types of people. And I'm fortunate enough because after I had finished uh, a Spartan race, I wanted to hurry up and join a session because, of course, I was doing these classes in the morning out here in Bangkok. So I said, okay, you know what, since I finished this race, I really want to start going to these classes and doing these workout classes to see how they are. So I joined one, and it was crazy. I pushed myself to a limit like no other. I was sore like crazy the next day. And not only that, but the people that I was around, these Thai people, they spoke English. We good. It was a family. We ended up going through the same amount of pain and doing all the same amount of things together. See, I had that desire to move to this place. Just what, probably four or five months later, here I am. I had a a, a wonderful, um, what is it, uh, a nice call. Uh, and then I had to come meet this guy here, all the way out here, but all the way out here. It's still in Bangkok, but it's very far from where I used to live. So I remember getting off the SkyTrain. I was like, man, this is interesting as hell. What is this place? And so I go to this condominium and I look up and I'm like, oh my God, this place is massive. I go into the lobby, I sit down, and I'm like, oh my God, look at the ceilings, look at the lighting, look at the furnishing. And the guy comes, she shakes my hand, he comes with another girl, we go up to the condo, we sit down in this condo that I'm sitting in right now. And I sat down and on. I looked around, I said, I gotta move here. I didn't even ask myself, Arsenio, you don't even have a job, you don't have this, you don't have that. I didn't have any of that, no, I didn't have any of it. You know, I went through a couple of interview processes, I had one coming up. And then that one ended up falling through uh, for whatever reason. And it all was supposed to prepare me for this moment right now. But I had the desire to move here from a very long time ago. I saw people in the in the infinity pools at some of these architecturally marvels that sit in this damn city. I'm talking about the best condominiums in the world. I had that desire. So if we actually look at it from a from a money perspective, people also work for that money. Because of desire. They desire money for the joy they think it can buy. But the joy that money brings is often short-lived. And they soon need more money for more joy, more pleasure, more comfort, and more security. 
This is exactly what's happening out there in America. This is why you always take a poor child, a poor-minded child. Remember what I told you guys about Robert Kiyosaki? He said this during an interview. He had, you know, if you look at LeBron James or Floyd Mayweather, I don't know if he had a poor background, but again, you know, um, he wasn't probably, you know, the majority of these African-American athletes, they are, they come from poor backgrounds. And so if you come from a poor background, unless you go through that paradigm shift, you're always going to be from a poor background, unfortunately. What do I mean by that? They go in and they just start, um, they start spending like money. Like, I'm sorry, they start spending like crazy. By the time the the next, what is it, the next, uh, by the time they finish their career, five years later, they're bankrupt. Why? Because they didn't save any money. Why? Because they just want to spend, spend, spend. That's someone coming from a a poor background. All that money is short-lived. They just wanted if they thought it was going to give them more joy. That's why a lot of these players suffered from depression because they think going into the NBA, oh, yeah, you know, I want to go in here. And then they realize, oh, man, this depression really gets the best of me. It's because you come from a poor background. You have not completed the past. Pretty interesting, huh? So people, we have a tendency of keep working. Thinking money will soothe us, soothe our souls. You know, that fear. that You know, soothe everything. So, you know, one of his friends at the time, Robert Kiyosaki's friend, Mike, he ended up saying, did even rich people do this? And the rich dad, of course, said, rich people included. In fact, the reason that many people are rich isn't because of desire, but because of fear. They believe that money can eliminate the fear of being poor. I'm going to repeat that. Rich people do this because they believe money can eliminate the fear of being poor, so they amass tons of it, only to find that the fear gets worse. Now they fear losing the money. And so he went on to say that he had friends who kept working, even through even though they had plenty. And he says he knows people that he have a millions upon millions of dollars who are more afraid now than they were when they poor than when they were poor. They're terrified of losing it all. The fears that drove them to get rich got worse. That weak and needy part of their soul is actually screaming even louder. They don't want to lose the big houses, the cars, and the high life money has bought them. They worry about their friends. Or they're worried about what their friends would say if they lost all their money. See, many are emotionally desperate and neurotic, although they look rich and have more money. So one of the most interesting questions, he says, so what? What are you saying? Is you know, is a poor man happier? Of course, Rich Dad said, oh, well, not exactly. I don't think so. The avoidance of money is just as psychotic as being attached to money. Ah, you see that? That's it right there. The 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 avoidance of money is just as psychotic as being attached to it. And so this is what scares me so much about the world out there. Kobe Bryant, he didn't necessarily come from a, a poor background. He's an investor. However, Shaquille O'Neal, he talks about investing money, 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 money. And I think it's because he comes from a poor background. He wants it more, more, more. And he says, oh, you know, because I love it. I love the passion. I love this. I love that. If you're doing it for that, okay. But I have a bad feeling that you're not doing it that way. 
just by the tonality, just by him giving that opening statement saying, yeah, when I first came into the league, I bought my mom a Mercedes. I bought my dad a Mercedes. I had no more money left. Yeah, see, that's a poor background. A lot of people say, no, he really wants to get it to his man. You know what? A real mother and a real father would say, fuck that. Fuck your car. Fuck all that bullshit. Save that money. Invest it. See, that's a rich background, not a poor background. Now, my mom didn't have that. When I was coming up, my mom didn't know anything about that. I had to learn all by myself. This is how it was, guys. And so as I learned about the number of different things that life threw at me, I said, you know what? Maybe I can create my own economy. And that's why I made that Instagram TV, and you guys have probably heard it. If not, I'm probably going to post it very, very soon. And so this is why, you know, even in saying that, guys, it's funny because I went onto this job advertisement site just to like look around. Although I'm not looking for a job, obviously I don't look for jobs anymore. Jobs look for me. <laughs> but I looked at this job, and it was this place, right? And I remember the first time I went to this place and I met this guy. I was like, "Yeah, he's an asshole. I don't want to work here." But he gave me work, and every time I went there, I got very nervous. I hated the smell of the place. I didn't like the staff members. And the other staff members, they looked at me very nasty, as I've already told you guys in previous podcasts. And uh, some of the teachers were cool, but we could never really have, a, you know, a, a, a discussion. Uh, you know, the main guy of the course, he would try to critique me, although he critiqued me, you know, quite well. But at the same time, it really didn't help me because I kind of forgot all of it. And it didn't help me at that given moment because he had to sit in, in my classroom. And so in teaching these specific individuals, and being in that environment, and I'm like, okay, so how much am I getting paid for this? Okay, so I get paid the same amount that I do at these companies, or I get paid more at the companies, and I do this, I do that. These classes, they come and go. They have a very strict schedule. He says, oh, you need to arrive 30 minutes before your class to prepare. I said, hold on. I am a grown-ass man. You're not going to tell me when to arrive, when to do this, when to do that. At the very dawn of this year, because I used to kind of work there a little bit at the mid-last year. But at the dawn of this year, I saw that he had advertised again. I tried messaging them saying, hey, I'm available this time, this time, this time, this time. And the girls, they said, okay, okay, okay. But they never gave me anything. So finally, I think it was after giving me the runaround, I realized, ah, they don't really want me. So I blocked everything, blocked them all. And then I went back today and I saw that he was advertising for a full-time job. Not only that, but he opened up two other branches in a very slow economy. And I'm like, well, this is interesting because last year you only had two branches as is and one just below where I work now. See, because I'm on a full-time visa and work permit, I could still work there, but I would never work for a place like that ever again because the amount of stress. And I do believe that I have my own economy around me, whereas I could teach people that online. You know what I mean? And it creates my brand. I don't want to do it through a place like that anymore. And, of course, you don't want to chase after the money, guys. That's a poor mindset. It's all about having that rich mindset. This is what I've urged so many people out there to do. When it comes to the rich mindset, the poor mindset, I always look for jobs and I kept applying and doing this. Not, not only realizing that, you know what, if I post a couple times on Instagram and I get this organic reach up, everything could possibly change. See, I didn't think about it at that time, but that's what I ended up not doing. But now I'm like, okay, looking at everything from, you know, outer me, right? I'm looking at it from this, you know, from people who look at me saying, Arsenio, you got a massive following on Instagram. 
You got a Facebook page. You got a lot of people who listen to your English language podcast. You can create your economy. Just this morning, woke up 7.30, talked this girl. Right after we finished, I said, what are you going to do now? My teacher's right over there. I said, okay, perfect. You have a great class. Okay. She went right over there. And we, I taught her through video. I didn't have to take a SkyTrain anywhere. I did it from the comfortability of my home. Rather than losing an hour traveling and losing another hour traveling back. I said, man, this is all right. I like this. And so then I said, okay, what I'm going to keep doing, I'm going to keep pushing this. I'm going to keep seeing. Uh, uh, and then I got another student. There's someone from, of course, Bangladesh got in contact with me. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to get really, really good now because now I can switch everything to online. Not only that, but now I'm going to be getting into consulting. Why? It's because the the integrity that I established on a stage back in August when I uh, did a speech at the Bangkok International Digital Content Festival. That's right. They spent, oh my God, an insane amount on my hotel room. Stayed at the Marriott for the first time in my life. Went downstairs, had the most amazing breakfast, and then I got on stage and talked about digital e-learning. And from there... There was a guy that followed me. He's creating a massive AI platform to get all these things done. And now I'm a consultant for his company making four times more per hour. Four times more per hour than that place. Oh, I'm sorry. Probably about four and a half times more per hour than the place that I thought about, you know, that language center, right? What's even more disheartening, and just to top this guy's off, just to top this off, get a little bit off track here. But that specific place, I remember referring one of my students there. I think it was sometime last year. Definitely wasn't this year. It definitely wasn't this year. It had to be last year sometime. And I referred her over. And they knew. They are like, yeah, Arsenio, he referred me because he said this place is really good. So I'm like, yeah, you're going to get things done. And I taught her all the speaking thing. And she got a really high score, but she still couldn't get the writing. She goes there. She spends fucking 2000 US dollars on 20 hours fucking teaching. And her score dropped. So what does that say? That means they do not have the integrity at that language center. And from there, I said, you know what? I'm never going to refer anyone there anymore, and I'm not going to work there anymore. You guys suck. What is the point of me referring them? And me, I could have been able to teach her online if I had the capabilities. And if I would have said, you know what? Fuck that, man. You could just learn with me. Let's get through this together. I could have done that online. She wouldn't even have to come all the way down here. We could have done it online. And I probably could have got her that score. But because I was scared, I was over here trying to refer her to different places and this and that. Fuck that. I'm the reference. And this is what I learned, guys. When I got contacted for the Bangkok International Digital Content Festival, the guy said, Arsenio, uh, do you have anyone that could actually do this? And I said, oh, man, well, you know what? They live over there, here, there. And then he messaged me. He's like, can you do it? And I thought about it. I said, yeah, I can. And that was the end. Like, sometimes I don't even realize that I can do it. And then I throw away myself, not work, not only work, but testimonials, integrity, and capabilities, and results. I throw it away. So now when things like that happen, I'm like, okay, here I am. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is all going to get done for sure. Anyone who comes to me and says this or that, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to refer another motherfucking soul to another motherfucking place. No way. So in saying that, guys, I want to give you guys this last quote. Last quote. Okay. 
he was giving he was having a conversation. He said he's met so many people that have said, "Oh, I'm not interested in money." Yet they'll work a job for 8 hours a day. That's a denial of truth. If they weren't interested in money, then why are they working? That kind of thinking is probably more psychotic than a person who hoards money. So going back to it, guys. Would I be happy making the salary that that place a long time ago? You know, although I felt like a little shun, like, damn, they don't even want to hire me. They don't even want to ask me for this or that. And then I finally said, man, block them. And I blocked them again. I don't know if it was, had to be last year. It had to be last year. Yeah, it had to be last year, about a year ago. And I blocked them. And it's really funny because then I look back and I look at myself and I say, I'm not interested in the money. And I'm really not. Not in that case. In that case, would I like to get paid almost half the salary per hour in a place that I loved, you know, that I love and that I'm not under a significant amount of stress? Absolutely. I would absolutely not work at a place where stress is high. I'm being scrutinized. Fucking guys sitting in my classroom critiquing me. I'm a grown-ass man now. I know what my capabilities are. I've proven my results, and I don't need to prove it to you. I'm done proving to everyone. This is what I've been living in here in Thailand for. If you do not believe and you do not think that I can teach IELTS, how about you just go watch my YouTube? Oh, and go fuck off. See what I mean? So, guys, again, I'm not interested in the money. I wasn't interested, you know, when I started, uh, you know, placing these high price uh, points and whatnot because I know what my capabilities are. But at the same time, do I work eight hours a day? No, I don't even work. I don't feel that it's working. But when it feels like work, it's not fun anymore. And then I'm constantly looking at the time, looking at the time, looking at the time, and it becomes a huge problem. So with that being said, guys, I hope this makes sense to you guys. And I hope that I've covered some things and we're going to be getting back into this as soon as possible. So I am your host, as always. Thanks for tuning in to another The Arsenio Buck Show podcast, guys. Don't chase the money. Okay. Create your own economy over and out.